Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So late in the grum yesterday, we heard uh, the first reports, Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports, that the college football playoff leadership committee had been discussing, and they have been, they've been discussing the future models for the college football playoff beyond 2025, which is the last year of this current contract. And of course, these next two years, which are the last two years of the contract, we're seeing a 12-team playoff. The assumption was, back in day, back in the day, oh, this is going to be the format moving forward. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Silly fool. Nope. But wait, there's more. So now the discussion is having 14 teams and having multiple automatic qualifiers from different conferences. Right now, of course, the only automatic qualifiers come from the top five ranked conference champions. So the top five ranked conference champions in the playoff committee selection process would be automatically in the sh- in the field. Everyone else would be an at-large. That's all be for the next two seasons. But this new format that's proposed, and it is proposed, but, but the fact that it is getting this much coverage and this much attention and this much conversation tells you that, it's that this has this is the one proposal that has the most steam. And there may Paul be steam. change there may be some change to it, but I bet it's very close to this model. And John, I'm guessing we agree on that reason because we saw this happen with the 12 team format. Of course. The first 12 team format that got a lot of run was the one that we're about to have. The only change that they made was ultimately the six locked in conferences to five, but that's only because the Pac 12 is now non existent. Correct. So that this, that this discussion, above all of the other ones, they've talked about 12, they've talked about 14, they've talked about 16, that we haven't heard nary a mention of any of the other plans and ideas tells me that this is the one that they're going to move forward with. And so how it will work is the Big Ten and the SEC will each get three automatic qualifiers. The Pac or the Big Twelve and the ACC will each get two automatic qualifiers. So that's ten of fourteen. Then if Notre Dame is ranked in the top fourteen, they would get in. And then the group of five. And then the group of five would get one automatic qualifier. So it would be the highest-ranked group of five conference champion. And then all remaining bids, whatever that number is, it could be three in years where Notre Dame's not in the top 14. It could be two in years where they are, would be at large. Yeah. And that's how the process would work. Yeah, so I want to read this tweet from Dan Wetzel because he is wrong, but again, there is there is the rub with this format. He says, I'd rather see the 12-team model. That said, if it had to be a 14-team, I would expect the top three of the Big Ten and SEC to make the field under any model. As such, the ACC and Big 12 should probably jump at guaranteeing two automatic qualifiers. He's not wrong about the first part about that, and he's also not wrong about the second part. He's not wrong that in most years, the Big Ten and the SEC, they're probably getting three, if not four. 
That's going to happen. And if I am the ACC and Big 12 under this format, I would also say, uh, we get two? Yes, sign me up. I No questions asked. The problem, again, becomes the rest of the calendar. Um, and, I mean, there is a world in this, John. Not all the time, but there is a world where the third-ranked team in the Big 10 or the third-ranked team in the SEC is outside of the top 14, where we are... There could be. Yeah, like... I have never had a problem with, in like the 12-team format, for example, if the conference champions are ranked 1, 2, 6, 10, and 18. That doesn't really bother me because I do think there should be a reward for winning your conference. But if it is top three and it's 1, 4, 17, uh, again, I know, probably a rarity in the Big Ten, but I know if I pull up rankings from the last decade that I would find years where the Big Ten would have some pretty low-ranked teams in the top three, all things considered. And I'm guessing you can find an SEC. I believe, let me pull it up real fast, but I believe the 2015 rankings at the end of the season for college football, it was it was not uh, it was not loaded with SEC teams. Sure enough, okay, I found it, John, real fast. I don't mean to, to go off on this odd tangent. But I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, not going to use current SEC teams. I'm going to use the SEC teams of that day. Mm-hmm. This is 2015. So Bama would have been, let's see, selection, can I organize it by that? Bama would have been in because they were the second-ranked team out of the SEC. Uh, The next SEC team was ranked 12th, and that was Ole Miss. And after that, it is, wow, is this true? Florida at 19. So that, now. And what what year was that? That was 15. It's 2015, so that's not that long ago. And I look, rarity, 100%. That is quite the outlier year. Alabama, the SEC East champ, was ranked 19 in the final rankings. Very, very odd. But again, as you just said, this is not that long ago. This is just, this is less than a decade ago. And that's that's the part in this that I, I really don't like. Yeah, and I'm just making sure. Yep, sure enough. Yeah, Ole Miss is 12. They were the second-ranked SEC team, and then Florida at 19. Odd. It, it should be noted that the idea of multiple automatic bids coming from a league was first proposed by the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing they wanted. The one thing that Sankey, Greg Sankey at the SEC was wanting was all at-larges. He didn't want any automatic qualifiers at all. He just said, hey— Top 14 or top 12, whatever the number is, gets in. The best 12 or 14 should get in based on the committee's ranking. And that's what the of SEC course, the has always wanted. Yeah, their confidence is that, hey, we're the SEC. We're always going to have great teams. We're always going to have teams in the field. And while that is self-serving, yes, that makes more sense in a sport that is always professed itself about the champion being the most deserving. Mm-hmm. It used to be that the champions were literally decided in a poll question. And then after that, it was decided when the top two teams in a formula that also included a poll question was used to determine those two squads. Now, of course, with the four-team playoff, it's been a committee, but the committee gave it to the top four teams regardless of their conference, regardless of their stature, regardless if they won the league or not. 
And so, and I believe this is something that our next guest, yeah, it's in his headline. Our next guest who will be coming up at the bottom of the hour, Brett McMurphy, his headline, college football playoff expansion. 14-team auto bid model makes the CFP an invitational, not a playoff. Mm-hmm. You're inviting teams based on where they finished in their league, not based on a measurement of how good they necessarily are. Because there may be years. There may be years. It's And listen, it doesn't work that way in the NFL. In the NFL, yes, the division champs get in. See, and that's kind of akin to conference champions that are maybe ranked a bit lower, right? Right. Which makes sense because I think there should be that goal for a conference champ, just like there is a division champ. Yeah, you're a division that, champ, like you were the like the, the the Tampa Bay Bucks were the division champ. They got into the playoff even though they didn't have a great record. Yeah, but the wild cards all came from the 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 next best teams, regardless of division. Yeah, like last year, John, and and this does get a bit tricky, and so I don't want to keep going to previous years, just given all of the movement, because you know there are Pac-12 champions, for example, near the top of this rankings that are now Big Ten teams, and so it's a little tricky. But just look at the SEC, or the ACC, excuse me, alone. So the ACC last year, which will have no realignment for next year that would have been affected by any teams last season. Five was Florida State, which we know famously, the ACC champion. Louisville was the next-ranked ACC team, and they were all the way down at 15. And again, in this new world, that would be a team that would get a guaranteed spot. If you go the previous year, and again, I, some of this is a little tricky, just given all of the conference realignment, um, it would have been 7 in Clemson and 13 in Florida State. So at least they were inside of the top 14. But you are certainly going to look at a hodgepodge at, at various points. The sport is cyclical. The conference champions are not always going to be SEC 1, Big Ten 2. You know, It's not going to be this cluster right there. There will be separation because good records ultimately do rise to the top. Unless the committee is about to change in a way that we are kind of not seeing. It still will have, oh, you're a bunch of 10-2 and two teams? Well, you're probably going to be clustered together. You're a bunch of 9-3 and three teams? You will probably be clustered together. The, the issue with this model also is because of all the points you're making, we're we're going into uncharted territory where now conference schedules are kind of hodgepodge, where there's no divisions, there's no, you know, set teams that you play every year, mm-hmm. with the exception of a few, you know, rivalry games. And who's to say that in this new model, you're not gonna have a lot of cannibalism where you just you've got a lot of maybe not a lot of great team maybe not a great team and a bunch of good teams and maybe just a bunch of good teams who just beat up on each other and the other part and I brought this up yesterday and I've brought this up in my long-held objection towards getting rid of divisions especially when you have an 18 team conference is schedules are going to be wildly unbalanced from one side from one team to another and tiebreakers are going to be harder to break if the Big Ten's going to get three teams in in this model, three automatic bids, there's a good chance that there's going to be a two- or a three-way tie for one or multiple of those positions. And you're not going to have, 
like you have in the NFL, a real sound, structured tiebreaker system. In the NFL, your division tiebreakers are based on head-to-head. They're based on the record within the division. They're based on the record within the conference. It has a a nice, neat format. It has a very neat format. But here, you're not playing every other team in your division because your division's too big and there's not enough games. Mm -hmm. You're going to have years where you're going to try to break three-way ties where none of the teams played each other and maybe there's only a couple of common opponents. And how are you going to determine that? Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, whenever that came up in the in the relation to conference championship games, you know, for the most part, I mean, was it a problem? Sure. But in the end, because of how we view the new format, it would get you, you'd, you'd be fine. If you're the third place team, you're most likely making it. This now, you need those tiebreakers. And so there would be a team in this world that is in fourth place. And they get screwed out because of a tiebreaker when they maybe didn't play a team or they didn't have an advantage, whatever it is, and that could end up costing them a berth. And that is going to happen with a lot of teams. You know, you just said something that that got going in my brain, and that is, you know, there will essentially be unforeseen things that are going to happen because of this new format that we're not seeing right now. Well, one of those is this, is the expansion of this of these leagues and what a non-division format is going to do, especially in an era of mm-hmm. multiple bursts. Now, the next two years, we're going to get a lot of data, and we're going to get a lot of data without having three auto bids for the SEC or the Big Ten. So by the time we get to 14, we will have more information than in two years. We'll have a lot more information than we do right now. But I, I wonder if we're going to like some of the answers that we get along the way. Well, wouldn't it make more sense to stick with the format that you've just agreed upon and let it play out for a few years and see how it's going to f- see how it's all going to shake out before you n- necessitate the need to make another change? Maybe just have a little confidence that your league is going to be good enough that, hey, we're always going to have three or four teams in instead of trying to lock in those teams. Yeah, but then they wouldn't get all that guaranteed money every year. Well, that's the other part of this is you you don't have to, if it's really about the money, you don't have to distribute the money based on the number of teams you get in. Do it based on seating, right? You could you could just say every year, hey, this is how much money you're going to get. That's what the NFL does. The Kansas City Chiefs don't earn a bigger slice of the television contract pie because they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Every team shares equally. Now, I get that. It's the NFL. There's actually people in that league that are looking out for the greater good. And there are enough checks and balances in place to prevent one owner or a group of owners to just go and do their own thing because they realize there's a greater good that's out there. Unfortunately, there's no one in college sports that, or at least that's running higher levels of college sports that actually think that way. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to distribute the revenues from this playoff based on how many teams get in if you don't want to. But if you would like to actually have a playoff that rewards the best teams or the perceived best teams, why do these automatic bids? 
Uh, Sam writes, oh, the content will be insane if Nebraska ever loses a tiebreaker but played a harder schedule. This is bi- this is my biggest fear, and this has nothing to do with the playoff, but this is my biggest fear when it comes to this no-division format with 18 teams. 18 teams. Imagine how goofy that's going to look when you dial up ESPN.com. Oh, I wonder what the standings look like. And you got 18 teams. Oh, and they don't play all. They don't all play all play each other. Page. You know, at least in the NBA, when you line up your conferences, hey, you play everybody. You played everybody. Yeah, and the schedules are fairly balanced. It's not going to be that way in the SEC and the Big Ten anymore. Pedro says, "Hi guys, Josh. Do you think they are changing the format because both conferences are going to expand again?" I don't think that this is an anticipation of more expansion. I think that this is an anticipation of wanting to lock in more money. That's well, what I think is going on. Yeah, and I agree. I think that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I guess if we want to be glass half full, we can at least take some solace in knowing that other leagues have automatic bids too. They don't have as many. But at least they're still acknowledging that the Big 12 is a thing and the ACC is a thing and that even the group of five is a thing. Because there is a spot for them too. A spot. Yeah. It'll probably be the only one. But it, it, it's just, it's, it's continuing to move some things away. And there was a quote and a paragraph from the ESPN.com story on this subject from Heather Dinich. One high-ranking official involved in the discussions told ESPN on Wednesday that the presidents and chancellors in both the SEC and the Big Ten are having conversations about whether to continue their NCAA membership. It's a move that would impact and could possibly derail the TV agreement. Quote, those conversations are happening, the source said, adding some feel, quote, pretty strongly about pulling away. I'd say very strongly. This is, of course, the inevitable breakaway. Mm-hmm. So, as we know, when it comes to college sports, all agreements, just like coaching contracts, are made to be broken. Mm-hmm. Corey says, how many teams in the Big Ten could go undefeated? Great question. It will depend year to year. But someone at some point this offseason is going to do the math and figure it out. You know, Because my guess... Just knowing how scheduling works, my guess is the ma- the max would be three. Is my guess without looking team to team to team. Somebody did when they first came out with the what was it called the Max Protect Plus schedule that mm-hmm. we labeled Flex it. Protect Flex Plus. Protects Plus. Um, that big, they did big the math shoes. on big, big shoes. the number of teams that could go undefeated without playing each other. Yeah. Obviously, they wouldn't play each other and, yeah. and not have any in common. I and I can't remember. I I wish I could find that that chart, but yeah, you're gonna have you you will have some weird ties that will be hard to break by what we have come to be believe are logical step by step tiebreakers like we're used to seeing in professional sports. Okay, I found a Reddit post about this. So in 2024, there are. Mm, looks close to two dozen permutations that could see three teams going undefeated in league play, including three that involve Nebraska. In 2025, there's a similar number, but there are also five where four teams could go undefeated, including two of them, no, three of them with Nebraska. 
So wow. Again, likely no, because like let me let me read the three that involve Nebraska: Indiana, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Penn State. Indiana, Nebraska, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Nebraska, Penn State, Purdue, and Wisconsin. So as you will see or hear in there, none of them involve Ohio State. None involve Michigan. None involve USC. Penn State is certainly the best of that bunch in recent success, but it's possible, and that would be quite the conundrum for the conference. Quite the conundrum. 402-951-1620. Brett McMurphy at the bottom of the hour will discuss this in further detail in just a little bit on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.